Shalom to all. Today's office is Megillah Chav Beis. We are starting Chav Alpha and Beis. Four lines up from the bottom at the beginning of the line. And today's office sponsor Lilu Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarah Basar Biakiv Meisha Hernish Shalom Shadav and Aliyah, and Lilu Nishmas, Mars Freida Chaya Bela Basar Biyatzok Tzvi Hernish Shalom Shadav and Aliyah. So today we're going to be talking about the breakup of Aliyah of Rishchidish Laning and a few important points before we begin. Even though we call the weekly Sedra this week's Parsha, the term Parsha is actually used in the Gemara to describe a topic in the Torah. So a Parsha can actually be a varied length, two or three psukim, ten or twenty psukim, and you can tell where the break of a Parsha is in your Chumash because you're going to see the letter Pei or Samach over there. Now, as we've learned previously, when reading from the Torah, a minimum of three psukim has to be read. Also, an aliyah isn't allowed to start within less than three psukim of the beginning of a parsha. That's because, let's say, the aliyah starts within two psukim of the beginning. Someone coming late to Shul is going to think that the previous ayla read only two psukim for his aliyah. Furthermore, an aliyah is not allowed to end less than three psukim to the end of a parsha. That's because someone leaving early from Shul is going to think that the next aliyah is going to only be two psukim. And now we quote the Mishnah, which had said, We're going to read four aliyahs on Rosh Chaydesh. And how is it that we split up four aliyahs in the Parsha of Rosh That first section of Rosh Chodesh is eight psukim. How are we supposed to break it up? Should we have two people read three psukim each? Well, Pashalu trade, then we're going to have two psukim left to the end of that Parsha. And we're not allowed to have less than three psukim left over to the end of a Parsha. Should we break it up into four psukim each? Well, Pashalu Shiva, then we're going to have seven psukim left for the remaining two oilim because of Yom HaShabbos Havin Trey the next section of the Torah is of Yom HaShabbos that's two psukim and Rosh HaChachem which is the next section of the Torah is Havin Chamisha that's five psukim so that's a total of seven psukim Hechi Navid how are we supposed to break that up into the remaining two oilim Nikri Trey Mehav Achan Mehanach should we have one person read two from this and one from the other meaning read the two psukim of Yom HaShabbos and one pasuk into Rosh HaChachem well that's not a possibility because Chav Pei Zaman Alfa Atap Ein Maschil and Parsha Pachasim Shlesha Psukim we already said that we're not allowed to start within three psukim at the beginning of the Parsha because someone coming in late is going to think that the previous Euler read only two psukim. And like if we're going to say, let's read these two, meaning the two of Yom HaShabbos, and three into the next one, meaning three psukim into Rosh Shechem, while Pashalu that means that we're going to end up having two psukim left over at the end of the section of Rosh Shechem, and we can't do that either. So how are we supposed to break up Rosh Chodesh Laning? So Amaloi Rav answered him, Zulai Shemati, that I actually never heard an answer to, but I heard an answer to something similar. Then now we learned in a Mishnah, Masechah's Tainis, and this is about the Amadais. So the Amadais were groups of Yidin scattered throughout Eretz Yisrael corresponding to the Mishmaris of Kahuna. These Amadis recited special tefillahs and lanes from Maisa Bracious every day. On Sunday, they read Yom Rishon, on Monday, they read Yom Sheni, so on and so forth. So what does this Mishnah say? Yom Rishon, on the first day, Bracious, they read the section of Bracious and Vahirakia, the section of Parshas Bracious titled Vahirakia. Vitani Allah, we taught a Bryce on that. Bracious, Bishnaim, Yihirakia, Be'echad. Bracious, they would split up into two aliyas, and Yihirakia, they read just with one person. And Vavina Ba, we asked on that. Bishnaim, Yihirakia, Be'echad. We understand that Yihirakia could be read by one person, because that's three psukim. El Bereshis Bishnaim Chamisha Psukehavu. How is it the Bereshis is split up into two aliyas? It's five psukim. Vitan, you have a brisa. Hakari Batar, Lo Yifos Mashlash Psukim. Some of the reads from Tyre is not to read less than three psukim. And for Itmar Law, we answer on that. Rav Amr Dalek. Rav said that we should go back, meaning the first Euler reads psukim one, two, and three. The next Euler reads Pasuk three, four, and five. So we repeat Pasuk three. And Ushmul Amr, he says, Paisek, that we actually split Pasuk three in the middle. Therefore, the first Euler reads Pasuk one, two, and half of three. And the next Euler reads half of three, four, and five. So we technically have an answer here for what we're supposed to do for Ashkadesh. Either we're going to go back and repeat a Pasuk or we're going to stop a Pasuk right in the middle. And now we just continue talking about the Mahmudis, and this is actually a quote of the Gemara and Tainus. Rav Amardalik, Rav says that we should go back and repeat that third Pasuk. My time alone, Pasuk. Why doesn't he say that we should make a break in the middle of that third Pasuk? Kasavar, he holds. Any Pasuk that Maisha Rabbeinu didn't actually split in the middle, so we're not allowed to split it either. Ushmul Amar, he says, Paskinale, we are allowed to split it. Ask the Gemara of Amar Rabbi Hananya Kara of Hananya Kara, who was an expert Balkari, he was an expert in the Pasukim. He said, It's Sar Gadol Hayoli, 
Hagadol. I had this great challenge that I brought to Reb Chanin Hagadol. V'loi hitterly lifts like Elo Tinek Shabbos Rabban, and he only allowed me to break a pasuk up in the middle when I'm teaching the Cheder kids. Holu Slamet Asuyin. That's because I'm trying to teach them, and the only way I could teach them properly is if I break the pasuk up in the middle. So we see that breaking up a pasuk in a way that Moshe Rabbeinu did not do is only permitted for Cheder kids because it's easier for them to learn. But we're not allowed to do that in Shul. So the Gemara answers, Hasam Time Amai. Why was that allowed? Mishum Loi Efsher because there was no way possible for them to learn properly. Achenami Loi Efsher. So to over here in Shul, there is no way to read. We only have five psukim and we have to break it up to two ilim and therefore we're allowed to do so for the Mahmudais. Now Shmuel Amar Paisak, he had said that we break up that pasuk in the middle. My time Loi Amar Like why doesn't he say that we go back? Why don't we read that third pasuk a second time? The answer is Gzair Mishum Achnasim Mishum Yitzim Gzair because the people coming in late and people leaving early. Someone coming in late is going to think that the previous ayla only read two psukim and someone leaving early is going to think that the next ayla is going to read only two psukim and therefore we're not going to repeat the pasuk. We're just going to break it up in the middle. But now we ask on this. Maybe we have a brayse that says Parsha Shishi Psukim. If we have a parsha that six Psukim we could read two ayim into that parsha because we could break it up three three. For Shalchamisha Psukim, if there's five Psukim in a parsha, biyachid, so then only one person reads that. However, let's say Karurisha and Shleisha, that first ayla read three Psukim of that five pasuk parsha. So Asheni Karushnaim Parsha Zuba Echenu Parsha Cheres. This second ayla is going to read two remaining Psukim and then one into the next parsha. And Vyeshayim some say Shleisha he has to read three Psukim into the next parsha. That's because we're not allowed to start an aliyah within three psukim of the beginning of a parsha. And now, Vim Isa, if you're going to say that there's a concept of either going back and repeating a pasuk or stopping a pasuk in the middle, so according to the one that we're going to repeat a pasuk, so let's just repeat that third pasuk. According to the Manda Amar, that we're going to break up a pasuk in the middle, so let's just break that pasuk up in the middle. Why is it that we're saying that the second Allah has to read into the next parsha? Why doesn't he just repeat it or break that pasuk up in the middle? The Gemara answers, Shani Hasim, the Efshabachi. That case is different because it's a possibility to read into the next parsha. When we're dealing with Ma'amadais, that first day of the Ma'amadais has only five psukim for the first two aliyahs, so there is no possibility to read into the next parsha. So therefore, we either have to go back or we have to break the pasuk up in the middle. However, when we have the ability to continue going further in the Torah, so we'll just continue going further. Now, Amr Abtan Chum Levi, he says, Halacha Keshem, the halacha is like the Yeshemrim, that you have to read three psukim into the next parsha. Amr Abtan Chum Amr Levi, he also says, The same way you're not to start an aliyah within three psukim in the beginning of the parsha, that's because someone's going to think that the previous ayla read only two psukim. So too, you're not allowed to stop an aliyah within three psukim of the end of the parsha. Ask the Gemara Pshita, isn't that obvious? In the case when we're dealing with the beginning in aliyah, the Tanakam is mekel and the Yashayim is machmir. So shir, when we're dealing with ending an aliyah, leaving over some of an aliyah, the machmir Tanakam, the Tanakam is actually machmir in that case, like kol shekein to machmir Yashayim, for sure the Yashayim would be machmir. So what's the Chiddush? So the Gemara answers, you might have thought that it's more shchich that a person is going to come in late, but yaitzim loy shchichi. It's not shchich that a person is going to leave early. The machi sefer Torah v'nafki that a person is going to leave the sefer Torah open and he's just going to leave the shul early. Kamashmol the chiddush is that people might leave early also, so we have to be worried for those people and we have to make sure not to leave over three psukim of the parsha either. Ask more of a tanakama. What about shita tanakama? Mashna shiurei deloy mishum yaitzim. Why is it that he says you're not allowed to end off within three psukim of a parsha because people leaving early might think that the next aliyah has only two psukim? What about starting an Ali within three psukim of the previous parsha? People might come in late and then make that same mistake. So we answer, Amri Manda Ayel Shuli Shail. Someone that comes in late, he's going to ask how many psukim the previous Aliyah read. However, someone leaving early is not going to end up asking something like that. And now Shachle Rabba Bereidu Rav Rav Yosef. He asked the following question: What is the halacha? And according to Rashi, this question is being asked about the Ma'amadais. How is it that we break up the Ma'amadais Aliyahs? Shachle he sent him Hilchasa. The halacha is Dalek that we're going to end up repeating the middle pasuk and that middle person is going to end up repeating that Pasuk, meaning Pasuk 3 is going to end up being repeated. And now we have to end of the Meshach, 
changed by Mosef. Any day that has Mosef is going to end up having four Elias and not three. Any Bible who they asked at Tainus Sibur Kama, how many Elias are read out in a Tainus Sibur on a public fast day? Rosh Chodesh Umayid, when we're doing Rosh Chodesh and Chalamayid, Deka Karma Mosef, there's a carbon Mosef, Arba, so we're going to read four. Aval Hacha, but over here on a public fast day, they like a carbon Mosef, there's no carbon Mosef, so we wouldn't read four Elias, we're only going to read three. I don't know, perhaps, Hachanami, so it's over here, Ika Mosef Tfila, there's an extra Tfila because we say Anenu, and therefore we would also read four Elias on a fast day. So Tashma, we're going to try to bring a Raya from our mission that says, Rosh Chodesh Mechal Shamayid, Rosh Chodesh and Chalamayid, Karin Arba, we're going to read four Elias. What do we learn from there? Habatanis Sibur Gimel, then Habatanis Sibur, we're only going to read three. The Gemara says, not a Raya, Ema Resha. What about the Resha in the mission that says, Beshani Bechamishi on Monday and Thursday, Ubeshabas Mincha and Shabbos by Mincha time, Karin Gimel, we're going to say three Elias. Habatanis Sibur Arba, but that can imply that Tanis Sibur, we're going to read four Elias. The Gemara says, you're right, Alame Halak, Alame we can't learn from there. So Tashma, we're going to try to bring another Raya. The Rav Ikla Bavel, Rav visited Bavel, but Tanis Sibur was a Tanis Sibur. Come Karbis, if Rav read from the Sefer Torah, Pasach Brech Chasim Vlay Brech. When he started reading, he made a bracha, but when he finished, he didn't make a bracha. Nafal Kulei Alma and Pai, everyone fell on their faces, and Rav Loi Nafal Ape, Rav didn't do Tachnun. Now Mechdi, let's see, Rav Yisrael Kara, Rav read the third Aliyah, which is Yisrael, because he wasn't a Kain or a Levi, so it must be that he got the third Aliyah. So my time of Chasim Vlay Brech, why is it that when he concluded, he didn't make a bracha afterwards? Isn't it because another person was going to read after him? And we said in our Mishnah that if someone's going to be reading after you, so you don't conclude with a bracha. And so therefore, it must be that there's four Elias on a fast day. The Gemara says, no, Raya, light, Rabbi Kahani Kara, Rav actually read the first Aliyah of Kayin, even though he wasn't a Kayin. The Harav Huna Kara Bekahani, because Rav Huna also used to get the first Aliyah of Kayin, even though he wasn't a Kayin, because someone who's very, very chashiv could get that first Aliyah, even though they're not a Kayin. Ask the Gemara Bishlam, Rav Huna Kara Bekahani, we understand that Rav Huna would have gotten the first Aliyah of Kayin, even though he wasn't a Kayin. They were very They were They were subjugated. They were machnia themselves to Rav Huna because he was very very chashev. El Rav, what about him? Why would he get kaihen? There was Shmuel who was a kaihen and Udvarale. He always used to come before Rav. Rav would let him go into the bismajish first. So we see that Shmuel was more chashev than Rav. So why is the Rav would get kaihen when there's someone more chashev than him who's also a kaihen? So the Gemara answers Shmuel Nami Mechav Chayv Leil Rav. Actually, Shmuel was subjugated. He was. To Rav, it was just that Rav Rav would treat him with a lot of respect. That's only when he was there. However, when Shmuel wasn't there, so he didn't need to treat him with this extra level of respect. And therefore, Rav got that first Aliyah of Kayin, and that's why he didn't make a bracha after he finished, because there was another Ayla after him. So we don't necessarily have a Raya that there's four Aliyahs on a fast day. And Hachinam Mistar, it's actually logical to say this to Rav that Rav actually got that first Aliyah of Kayin. Because if you want to say he got the last Aliyah, why would he make a bracha beforehand? If he got Yisrael, he shouldn't have made a bracha beforehand. So the Gemara answers, that's actually not a raya, because this was after the Takana. We already said that the Takana was that everyone's going to make a bracha before and after their aliyah. Ask the Gemara, if the time period we're discussing is after the Takana, that everyone has to make a bracha before and afterwards, so he should have made a bracha after his aliyah. Why didn't he make a bracha afterwards? So the Gemara answers, wherever Rav is, that was very different. People might come in late, but mefik people aren't going to leave early. So therefore, there's no reason for him to have to make a bracha afterwards because no one's going to leave shul early if Rav is there. And therefore, if he didn't make a bracha at the end of the Torah, he didn't have to suspect that someone's going to leave and think, oh, you don't have to make a bracha at the end of the Torah. That's because Rav's there. No one's leaving early anyway. But either which way, we wouldn't have a riot from this if Rav got Kayin or if he got Yisrael. So we don't know if there's four Elias on a fast day or not. So now we have a different attempted raya. Tashma, Zehaklal, this is the rule. Kol by Anything which if we're going to schlep out davening, we're going to have too many Elias, it's going to cause of a loss of work for people, such as Tainan Sibur Tishabov, where people are going to go to work after davening. Karen Gimel, then we're only going to read three Aliyahs. However, if it's not going to cause a loss of work for people, if we're going to have a longer davening, 
Chadashim and Chal Shamayid, for example, Rosh Chayish and Chal Mayid, where people work less, Karen Dalit, and then we're going to have four Elias. Shema Amino, we have a Raya from here. It says, Beferish, that on a fast day, we're going to read only three Elias. Now, Amar Vashi, he asks on that, We didn't learn that in the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, This is the rule. Call Yom Shiyesh by Mosef, anything that has Mosef, Yontif, and it's not a Yontif, Karen Arabar, we're going to read four Elias. Lasuye Mai, what's that coming to include? Because anytime we have the word Zaklal, it must be that we're coming to include something. So, what's this coming to include? My Lava, Suye Tain Sibra Tishabav, doesn't that mean that we're including Tain Sibra and Tishabav? The Tain Sibra and Tishabav, we're going to have four Elias. So, Gemara asks, if that's actually a way to understand the Mishnah, Lerav Ashi Masisin Mani, so according to Ravashi, who's our Mishnah like? Loi Tanakama Vler Abyesi, it's not Tanakama or Abyesi. The Tanya we have a brass that says, Chalias Beshenu Chamishi, let's say Tishabav falls out on Monday or Thursday, Karin Gimels, then we're going to read three Elias, Umaftir Echid and one person of Maftir, but Shlisha Ravi, if it falls out on Tuesday or Wednesday, Karin Echid, we're going to have one person read Umaftir Echid and one person from Maftir. And Rabbi Yemer, he says, We always read three Umaftir Echid and one person from Maftir. So we see very clearly that we only have three Elias on a fast day. So how does Ravashi understand our Mishnah? Who's our Mishnah like? So Gemara says, Okay, fine. So our Mishnah is not like Ravashi, but is so, Ve'elakash is Zahaklal. At the end of the day, Ravashi did have a good point. He did say that it says Zahaklal, and that implies that we are including something else that's not mentioned explicitly in the Mishnah. So what's that coming to include? So Gemara says, Lai, last year, It's actually coming to include Rosh Chadish and Chalamayid. Ask the Gemara, Habahedi Katani Law. And says, Befeirish in the Mishnah, it explicitly talks about Rosh Chadish and Chalamayid. So, what exactly is the Zaklal coming to include? The Gemara answers, actually, this Zaklal is not coming to include anything. It's just simply giving us a simon, a sign, how we can remember what the halacha is. Don't say, the Yantav and Chalamayid are the same exact thing. This is the cloud that you have to take with you. Call it Any day that has something extra over a different day, then we're going to have more people for laning. When we're dealing with Rosh Chadish and Chalamayid, Take a carbon most if there's a carbon most of being brought on that day. Karin Arba, so we're going to have four alias. But Yantif to Azarbas, yes, Malachim, we're dealing with Yantif, that it's Azar to do Malacho, so that's an extra thing added on. Chamisha, so we're going to have an extra person, so that's going to be five alias. Biyamagapurim to Anish Karis, and Yim Kippur, that the Isser is Karis, so Shisha, we're going to have six alias. And Shabbos, the Isser is Skila, and Shabbos, if a person does Malacho, they're going to get Skila, Shiva, so that we're going to have seven alias. So therefore, the Zakla of the Mishnah is not coming to include anything new that the Mishnah doesn't say, it's just trying to give us an easy way to remember what the Halacha is. And now, Gufa, we had mentioned on Ahmed Aleph, Rav Visited Bavel on a time and see where come carbis sefra. They read from the sefer Torah. Pasach brich chasam vloy brich. He started out made a bracha. When he finished, he didn't make a bracha. And nafal kulei alma on payu. Everyone fell on their faces. They did tachnun. Verav loy nafal on pay, but Rav did not fall on his face. Now over here we're actually talking about literally falling on their faces on the floor. So now we ask my time Rav loy nafal on pay. Why didn't he fall on his face? If everyone else did, why didn't he? The Gemara answers Ritz b'shalavanim haysa. It was actually a stone floor. V'tanyu evabraisa. The pasuk says ve'evin maskis loy tetnu ba'artzachem l'shtachavos aleha. And a stone floor you shall not place in your land to bow down on it. What do we learn from this Pasuk? You're not allowed to bow down on a stone floor in your land. But you are allowed to bow down on the stone floor of the Beis HaMikdash. Just like what Ula says, he says, the Torah only answered a stone floor if it's outside the Beis HaMikdash. So that's why Rav didn't bow down. He didn't fall on his face. That's because it was a stone floor and it wasn't in the Beis HaMikdash. So ask the Gemara, if that's really so, my area Rav, why was Rav the only one that didn't do Nefi Everyone else shouldn't have done it either. So the Gemara answers, The stone floor was only in front of Rav, but the rest of the shul didn't have a stone floor. So we ask, So why didn't he just walk to where the rest of the tzibur was and do nefil as a paim over there? It's pretty easy. Just move over a couple steps. The Gemara answers, He didn't want to trouble the tzibur. They're going to have to move over. They're going to have to make space for him. Some farshim say they would have to stand up when he passes by them, and he didn't want to trouble them, so therefore he didn't do nefil as a paim. Alternatively, we could say, Rav actually would completely prostrate himself by stretching out his hands and feet. That's different than Nefilas Apaim. It's complete prostration. And Ukudu Ula is just like Ula. The Amr 
Ra'ul, he says, The Torah only answers complete prostration of the hands and feet on a stone floor. So ask the Gemara, why didn't he just do Nefilas Apayim, only fall on his face, and he shouldn't completely prostrate himself. He happens to be in this shoal, so why doesn't he just do it like they were doing it? Gemara answers, He didn't want to change his minug. He had a specific minug. This is the way he does it, and he didn't want to change that minug. The Yibai Sam, alternatively, we could say, Adam Chashav Shani, that important person is different. Because Rabbi Elazar, like Rabbi Elazar says, Rabbi Elazar, he tells us, Ain't Adam Chashav Rashi Li Palpanov, and Adam Chashav, a very important person, is not allowed to do Nefil Sapaim, is not to fall on his face. Elam Kane Nenek Yeshua Benun, unless he knows for sure that he's going to be answered like Yeshua Benun. Dechsev, because it says by Yeshua, by Yemar Shemal Yeshua, Hashem said Yeshua, Kum Lach Lamazat Tonoi Falpanecha, and Tonar Abanon. Now we're going to talk about different types of bowing. Kido, which is a very specific type of bowing, Alapayim, that's on the face. Shemar says in the Pasik, Vatikod Basheva Apayim Eretz, that she did a Kido on her face. Korea Alberkaim, Korea is on the knees. Vachenu Emer says in the Pasik, Mechroya Alberchov, Hishtachava, Zupishetam Raglam, that's complete prostration, completely being stretched out. Shemar says in the Pasik, Havoy Navoy, Anivim Chavachacha, Lehishtachavoy, Slacha, Artsa, to bow down to you on the floor. So we see that Hishtachavoy is complete prostration. Now Levi, Achve Kida Kameda Rebbe, Veitla, Levi actually showed what Akida was in front of Rebbe, Veitla, and he became lame because of that. He hurt himself. This is a very challenging position to do. You have to bend over all the way facing forward, rest yourself only on your thumbs with your face on the floor and then stand up. It seems like a challenging acrobatic thing and because of that he became lame. Ask the that's really what caused him to be lame. He says, A person should never shoot very sharp words of complaint to rebuke to Hashem because a person did so and he became lame because of that. Who's that? Levi. That's Levi. So we see the reason why Levi became lame is not because he did Akida but it's because he's so Gemara says, Actually, both of them caused him to do that. First, he was so he was deserving of punishment, but that punishment didn't come to him until he put himself into a dangerous situation, which was doing a kida, and then Hashem was able to give him that punishment. And now, how is a chasha person supposed to do tachnun? I saw the way they did tachnun was they leaned on their sides. They weren't doing nefilas apayim on the face, but they leaned on the sides. So therefore, a chasha person is allowed to do that. Nowadays, our tachnun is actually leaning on the arm, so that's okay even for a chash of a person, according to everyone. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about different aliyahs on Yontif and on Yom Kippur and Shabbos. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.